Timothy chapter 4, if you guys would stand with me as we pay honor to the reading of God's word together this evening. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to consider tonight this idea, commitment to Christ in an uncommitted culture. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, this is God's word to his people. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is God's word, and we are thankful for him preserving it for us. You can go ahead and be seated, and we'll pray together tonight. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity we have to gather. We want to stop and admit first and foremost that we know that Crossway and Crave do not own a corner or do not own the lion's share of the market on gospel ministry. And so we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in the city. I want to pray for Graceway Baptist Church tonight and the Resolve College ministry that you would expand uh, their tribe and their fold and they would uh, be able to reach college students just like we do uh, for your uh, kingdom and for your glory, we pray. And then, Father, we simply pray tonight. What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. One more criticism, and I was going to quit. One more criticism, and I was done. I don't know how many of you have been there, but I definitely was. I had had enough, and it was going to be over. And I'm not talking about uh, a joking, I resigned from this or that. I mean, I'm done. Let's sell insurance. Let's do something. Pack up the books. Sell them. I've had it. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation like this before. I don't know if you've ever been to the level of discouragement where you just would do basically whatever it would take to get you out of the current situation you find yourself in. But I have been there, and I'm not talking about something that's happened in the last five years or the last ten years. I'm talking about recently. I've been there. I thought, if this is what it looks like to serve in a local church, I'm done. You go, wow, this is a real great banner way to open up the fall semester. Some of you tonight may not find yourself there. Some of you are on probably maybe a, a high note in your walk with Christ. But for some of you, you may be sitting in here going, not with ministry, but I'm done with church. I'm done living for Christ. I, 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 I'm ready to throw the towel in. And what I want to do tonight in the short time we have is remind you and challenge those of you who may not be here in this specific spot, or you may be where I was, to press on, to 
continue on, to remind yourself of what you committed to, not what your feelings and current emotions are right now. We live in an uncommitted culture. We live in the swipe right, swipe left culture. We live in the one night stand culture. We live in a culture that we can't even commit. We don't even want to commit to to cell phone contracts. We want freedom. We don't want to be locked down. If I had whatever amount of money would be sufficient, I think it could legitimately be anything as low as a nickel and anything as much as a dollar to every student over the last uh, decade now being involved in college ministry, um, either as a student, an adult leader, or a pastor. uh, Whatever dollar amount someone came, that's somebody who didn't want to be committed in a relationship. I like you, but not enough to put a label on it relationship. I would be a rich, rich man. A very, 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 very rich, rich man. That culture just seeps in to the church. If I had a dollar amount, whatever you want to put in your mind, for the, we were planning to be at church, but, we really meant to make it to that, but, just in college ministry alone, not even dealing with regular adults, whatever that means, because I think sometimes you guys get a bad rap. You guys are flaky. I've met many adults that make you guys look like you're more committed than anybody else on this earth to church. So just know that I defend you. You can put that kind of in your pocket for the next time you're angry with me. So what do we do? Living in an uncommitted culture, living discouraged lives at times, maybe wanting to throw in the towel, walk away from it all, chuck the whole thing. We look like Ron Swanson after he discovered that cookies were not a warm, delicious treat you have, but they're actually something that tracks your movement. We want to take our computer and throw it in the dumpster. That's what we want to do with our walk with Christ. How do we press through those moments? Well, thankfully, the Apostle Paul knew that those moments would come because he experienced them. Hymenaeus and Philetus. You don't even want to know what they've done to me, Timothy. But I can tell you this right now. If you knew, you'd want to throat punch them. That's not actually, this is in the original language. It didn't come through in English. Abraham had those who opposed him. Hey, you all hang here. I'm going to go up on the mountain. Joshua's going to come with me. We're going to meet with God. You all hang behind, and we'll bring a message back from God. He comes back, and what are they doing? It, he's only been gone a short time. They build a golden calf. What do you do when you live in a world like that? Well, I think you've got to go back. You've, you've, you've got to go back in time, and you've got to make some commitments. And, and you've got to make some resolutions and, and resolve. You know, one of my favorite theologians, Jonathan Edwards, when he was 19 years old, wrote 70 resolutions that he was going to live by his entire life. 70 resolutions, not 70 characters, 70 full-throated, developed, well-thought-out sentences. I can't even get that for my seniors sometimes at Bible college. Don't tell them I said that. I don't think any of them are here right now. 
He said, resolved, I will live for God, and if no one else does, I still will. Are you that committed right now? Or is church, is Christ, is living for him just kind of a side hobby? You cannot be apathetic about Christ and claim to serve and love him. There is no middle ground. And so as we get ready to start a new semester and before everything starts to fly in your face, jobs, responsibilities, going to class, not going to class, and working a full-time job, being an adult, right? Because we now live in 2020 where adulting has become a verb. How do we live this way? How do we have that intestinal fortitude? There's two words that you might have to look up tonight. Intestinal fortitude to make it through difficult days where we want to give up. How am I going to? How am I as your pastor going to not give up? How are you not going to give up? And I want to show you a text tonight that I think it's relegated to second class citizenship. It's only preached at ordination councils and charges to new pastors and at pastoral conferences. And I don't think God put it in the Bible just for pastors. I don't think we get to first and second Timothy and go, this is just for pastors. I think it's for everybody. Otherwise, why would we put it in? Why would God put it in the Bible? Why wouldn't he just like stick on an appendix that's like four pastors only and stick this in here? It must matter for you if it's in God's word, right? Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness that you can be thoroughly furnished unto every good work, right? Like that's what's going on here. So this matters. So first, here's what you've got to do. You've got to set a commitment right now that you will First and foremost, as you're committed to Christ in this culture, be an example. Look at verse number 12. Paul tells Timothy, let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. He says, first and foremost, Timothy, don't let anybody put it on you because you're young. I am so tired and i can 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 i just confess to you that i'm tired i'm tired of ministering and hearing from so-called real adults that you are too young to be sold out to christ that you are too young to give your blood your sweat and your tears to serving the lord jesus christ with everything that you have and i'm not just ta- somebody's gonna walk out of here tonight and go he was just talking to the ministry students that's who he's talking to No, he's a pastor. He's talking to the pastors. He's not talking to us. I don't care if you uh, are an engineer, a scientist, a doctor, or you you change tires for a living. Regardless of what you find yourself doing, there is no reason why you cannot sell out for Christ tonight for your life. He says to Timothy, there are going to be a lot of old people, old people. People who are in Ephesus who want to look down their nose at you and go, he cannot be our pastor. He's too young. He cannot be the leader here. He's too young. And and Paul tells Timothy, hey, tell those jokers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, shove off. But don't just tell them. What does he say? He says, let no one despise you. Let no one look down on you because you're young. Why? 
how are you going to do it? You don't just tell them. He says, second half, some of you are like, yeah, I really like this guy. He's like, yeah, tell these people, back off. Like, I'm not, he may think I'm young. You're like ready to go. You, you don't get to just go and walk and tell people off. You actually have to live a life that does that for you. It's two sides of the same coin here. Let no one despise your youth. How? But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Five ways. Five ways. We could just do a whole sermon. We're not going to right here. Five ways. Two outward, three inward. Two outward. In conduct and speech. Is your con- Let's just stop here. Is your conduct tonight worthy of being identified as a sold-out Christ follower? And is your speech. Is what you say. Does that identify you as being a sold-out follower to Christ? Is your conduct, the way that you live, the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you minister to other people, give people a living illustration that I am a Christ follower? I told someone again today, one of the things that makes me nervous, I I said to uh, my apologetic students this morning, I said, one of the things that always makes me nervous is when I find someone who um, we have a mutual friend and they happen to be in this ministry and I say, oh yeah, I'm their college pastor. And their response is, you're their college pastor. I didn't even know that they went to church. Is your life, your speech and your conduct representative of the Christ that you serve and follow and say, I've given my whole life to him. The three inward commitments that produce speech and conduct are followed by this. He says, so you're going to set the believers, so you're going to give people an example in uh, speech and conduct. What has to drive that, what's behind that. So what's driving that is the love, the faith, and the purity that exists internally. Your love for people. Do you love people? Not tolerate people. Love people, regardless of who they are, regardless if they're not like you. Some of you are going to be in small groups with people you don't know if you love yet. But you're going to have to love them. Why? Because there's a, a, a deep-seated affection for those who claim the name of Christ. Two, the, the purity. Are, do you live a life of purity? And, and, and yeah, well, Jesus knocks sexual purity out here. Yes, that's what's being spoken of here. But it's a, a whole lifestyle of purity. And your faith. Deep-seated, like rock-solid faith. Like unshakable faith. Like he's sovereign sets the feet of righteous men faith life may suck faith but i still believe that he moves mountains faith oh that god would give us college students that have this level of faith you're going to need it some of you thought you've escaped you've gone to a bible college and you think everybody there loves jesus how quickly your little worlds are going to implode around you some of you are are, are literally walking into environments that are openly hostile had a student tell me this morning his sisters enrolled uh, halfway across the country at a, a liberal arts college and in the syllabus of their sociology class said there is to be no this is in like in type black and white in the syllabus no references to faith are acceptable in the classroom because they undermine what we're doing in the field of epistemology in the area of ethics Opening day of class, I'm, I'm the worst kid. Hey, I got a question. Does this even make sense, doctor, whoever? 
Some of you are walking into fields like that. Don't think that I, I, as your pastor, am not on my knees in the morning praying over you, begging God to protect you, and giving you the courage to stand against and be able to speak in a way that is winsome, wise, and powerful for the name of Christ. We're praying that, that for you. He continues on this idea of being an example. Look at verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Now, Timothy, here's what you're going to need to do. If you're going to be an example, you've got to live in the Word. I don't care who you are. If you claim to know Christ, you need to live in the Word. You've got commitment to commit yourself to it. Some of you may say, I'm never going to be a teacher. I, I can't do this. Just even the thought that if uh, we had a student here, um, they've since decided that it was best that they get married and they've moved out and uh, that's okay. But she would tell me, I would just do it to mess with her. I would say, hey, I think we're going to have you pray tonight. She would break out in sweat, like literally start sweating right when I said it. Some of you, the idea of teaching just absolutely blows your mind. You don't even want to think about doing it. But you need to commit, if you're not going to commit to teaching, you need to be committed to hearing and receiving the teaching so it's internalized in you and can leave your body again. Some, some of you need to be teachers. Some of you are just sitting around here like it's a all-you-can-eat buffet of Bible. You're just like gorging yourself. You're like, I love this. It's great. Give me some more. You're like 350 pounds because you just won't get up and exercise what's been entrusted to you. You need to go on a biblical Weight Watchers diet. Get some of that out. Instruct some small children. Get up early on a Sunday morning. It won't kill you, and I think the Lord might bless you. Get in front of some kids. Get involved in your small group. Get involved in the church. Tell somebody what you're learning. You're like, I'm terrified of this. It's easy. Just start with the third question in small groups. What have you gotten out of your Bible reading this week? We kind of all sit around and stare at each other like, who wants to tell first? My group is different. I'm just going to give all those guys a pass. They're intimidated because they're fearful that at some point they're going to say something. I'm just going to scream heretic at them. It's not going to happen. I'll do that quietly behind closed doors. I would never do it publicly and embarrass somebody. Commit yourself. Be an example here. This is become this is taking on a whole new reality. It already was a reality for me, but it's taken on a whole new reality for me in the last year and a half. We've always claimed and always tried to promote this to people who will come and serve and work in our college ministry, adult leaders, that this is a family-based ministry. You don't have to check your kids. We're not going to penalize you for having kids. Bring your kids to activities. It's fine to have them running around here, have college kids trip over them and whatever. And um, I, I sit now and watch, and I did this before Harper came along, but they're watching you. They're around here. Jack and Nora, they're, they're watching they're watching what you're doing. Other kids are watching. Kids walk through here. High school kids, and, and some of you seniors will have to be honest internally. Don't express this externally right now. But you walk through here going, I can't wait for the day until I become a college student. I'm in here rather than that stupid high school ministry with all this immature pressure. Just like a sheep on the other foot now. 
you were watching what was happening, be an example. He continues. So just challenge you here. Just stop. Time right out. You got to evaluate your life and see, am I even living in a way that some, we, you would want somebody to follow what you're doing? Be an example. Number two. And this will be much shorter than the first point. Continue to use your gifts, Timothy. Continue to use your gifts. Verse 14, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Some of you have gifts, talents, and abilities. Welcome to the college ministry. Where can you serve? Well, you know, I just thought, where can you serve? Some of you have been in here for a long time, and you have things, gifts, talents, and abilities that we know not of. He used the King James. You're not involved. You're not plugged in. And and here comes in a, a brand new wave of new students, and another year will go by, and you're still not plugged in. You're still not bought in. What are you doing? You've been entrusted with gifts. Use them. And if you can't use them in here, use them somewhere else, inside of this church. We'll find an area for you to get plugged in and be involved. Well, you know, CrossFit is just a difficult place to, to, to figure out how to serve. I, c- I just couldn't do it. I hear that all the time. I'm just like, who are you talking to? Like the wall? My pillow wall? Where can I serve? Oh, nobody can tell me anywhere where I can serve. This is a difficult place to be involved. Plug in. And if you're like me, who showed up here at this church uh, now uh, 10 years ago, and, and, and let's just be honest here, lacking all talent and ability other than being able to moderately teach the Bible somewhat okay on every other Sunday-ish. They put me to work. I'm like, how do you feel about teaching third through fifth graders? Um, sure. I guess. And they gave me a book, and it was ridiculous, and I got rid of that and said, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. So um, first Wednesday night of Awana, some of you were in there. Now you've uh, matriculated back to me, and congratulations. We're glad that you're here. Uh, open your Bibles to Philippians 1. And the next week was like Philippians 1, 1, and the next week was Philippians 1, 2 through 5. And I have parents come in, and they're like, I have no idea how you're doing this. I'm like, I think they're smarter than y'all give them credit for. And I just walked through four weeks, and then a few weeks. It was the worst thing ever. I should never have done that with such little ones. Looking back, I'm like, eh, the majority of them are still here. They have not given up the faith, so God can use anybody. That one encouragement from the Old Testament. Hey, you know, we couldn't find anybody else to speak, so we got this donkey, and he was qualified, and so we got him to speak. We're going to use Dave Voss. Let's put him to work. (laughs) Continue to use your gifts. Timothy, you're freaking out because you think, I'm not good enough. These people around here, those old people in the corner are going, yeah, I remember when. You should really come and hear our new pastor, Timothy. He's no Paul, but he's really good. You should come and hear our college pastor. He's no Eddie Bumpers, but he's really good. I can't tell you the amount of times I heard that. And then you get in the car and you're driving. You're like, I don't know that this is the right gig for me. Some of you are doing the exact same thing tonight. You have gifts, talents, and abilities, and you have about this much confidence. And I'm telling you, get plugged in and allow those elder-type people to come around and flame the fan around you. And to build you up. 
and encourage you and to say good job and stay with it and stay after it. That's one of the internal challenges I'm trying to take in my own life this semester. How many college students on a weekly basis can I reach out to and encourage and say, stay faithful, stay after it. Thank you for what you're doing. Just in case Timothy was tempted, and this is kind of the shot in the arm that I need to give to you, is just in case Timothy is tempted to think, i got to get out of here. He reminds him, do not neglect, neglect the gift you have, which was given you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid hands on you. Remember that time when the elders were around you, Timothy, and they laid hands and they prayed God down over you, that God would bless you and multiply you and Make his face shine upon you and and, and launch you in the ministry and you would be effective. Oh, that we would do that often here. We're going to do it in life. Oh, that we would continue to do it internally and encourage one another. Stay after it. Some of you are neglecting the gifts that you have. Some of you don't even know that you have the gifts. And we're going to try and help you figure that out. We've invited you. Serve on the the praise team. Serve on the media team. On, On the back table tonight as you walk out, if you're interested, We've taken away a lot of the cloak and dagger business about what it means to be a small group leader. You're interested in being a small group leader? There's sheets on the back table that give the job description of what the small group leader is. Pick that up. Look at it. See, is this something I can do? Can I be this way? Can I tell my adult leader, hey, I'm in. I'm in. I I don't know if I've got the gift. I've got some of these things, but I'm in. I'm I'm telling you this right now. I'll I'll take six people who are willing to, to spill their guts on the floor for Christ than a whole 126 chairs filled of apathetic college students who are just here to be entertained. I, I will just tell you that right now. Some of you, this is week one with us, and I'm just telling you right now, I'll take six committed people over 126 who are apathetic and lazy and are just in it to kind of survive and advance and make people believe that they're really sold out to Christ. We've had some people like that here recently who just, they're, they're gut-spilling people. I texted one of them today, helped me with social media, just a gut-spiller, just an absolute gut-spiller. You're like, that's a gross image. I, I'm looking for people who are sold out. Because you, and you say, well, David, it's not your responsibility to set the standard. I'm not setting the standard. When are you going to get that? I'm not setting the standard. I'm looking for people who are living to Christ's standard, to his standard, to his expectations, to his desires, his wants. That's what I'm looking for because that's what Christ is looking for. That's what I'm trying to be because that's what Christ is looking for. I have to remind myself of this. There's people going to be critical. There's going to be people who are hateful. They don't like what we do, don't like who we are, don't like our DNA, whatever. Who gives a rip? One day I'm going to have to stand before God, and I am far more fearful of him than I am of any of you. And you should be too, by the way. That you live to his standard. That's what we're after. Commitment in an uncommitted culture. Be committed to Christ above all things. People come to me sometimes and they'll say, David, I, I, you know, I feel God has called me to the mission field. I would teach it when I was full time at BBC. I, I could tell you story after story of, uh, of lunch that I had it there in the cafeteria where a student would sit next to me and say, I, I'm real. I, I believe God has called me to the mission field. But the only guys who are interested in me are people who are not called to the mission field. And I would just tell them, 
sprint as fast as you can to the mission field. And as you're running for Christ, headlong into some unreached, unengaged people group, kind of peek like a runner does and see who's around. I promise you, if God has called you to something like that, he is going to bring along the partner, or he might not have a partner, and that's okay. Everybody's like, oh my goodness. What have we gotten ourselves into? Number three, stay the course. That's what you've gotten yourself into. You've gotten yourself into a, a college ministry with a college pastor who wants to cheer you on for the rest of your life, even though I may only get you faster. You're sorry behind for 18 years. So you'll find a, one of your dreams, and you'll, be, you'll come in and you'll be like, see him there yet? And I'll be like, sure. That's biblical. We'll do it. So we'll get together with your... I'm still going to cheer you on. I, I cheer those people on. I, I want them to be successful. I want you to be successful. I, I'm rooting for you as you go out the door. If some of you come and sit in my office, I think God's called me here. I think God's called me there. We'll cheer you on. We don't push you out the door going, I hope they fail. What a, what a, what a fruit fill, filled, uh, filled with the fruit of the Spirit mentality that is. Well, good riddance. We didn't like you anyway. No. That's not who we are. Stay the course. You've got to make a decision now. Not 10 years from now. Not 15 years from now. Not 20 years from now. Oh, when it's convenient, we've got a house and a lake house and a boat and a couple dogs and four and a half kids. Then I'll be committed to Christ. You've got to decide now. Statistically speaking, freshmen, you know, one little pee pause in the college ministry. Statistically speaking, 80% of you will no longer be attending the church at all within three semesters of going to Oak Hill. You're going to have to make a decision tonight and tomorrow night and then Friday night. You have a full time job at the church. Friday night. Who are you going to serve? Stay the course. This is what Timothy says practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You want to save the people who are around you? Persist in what God has called you to. Persist in being committed to his word. Show people that you're constantly growing, that you're not above growing, that you need to grow. My time is all gone, so I'll encourage you to do this. Tonight, when you get home, a little homework for you. Take your Bible, not right now, take your Bible and, 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 and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 15 and 16. You see, your, 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 your college pastor uh, spent all week studying for the sermon, and then God decided in the devotional time this morning to just uh, do what this text says. So read Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and, and Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. I became so convicted because there are areas in those verses where your college pastor, I'll just ask you, I'll just, I, I already texted uh, uh, two, uh, th- uh, three of my accountability partners and just said, I need you to pray for me in these areas. And so I'm just going to confess to you, these are the areas where I need to grow as your pastor. And I need you to pray that I will continue to grow in them, to be more humble, to be more loving, to be more uh, serving to, servant-hearted to others, to speak the truth the right way in love, desiring to build people up. That's what I need you to pray for me. So you may not needed this sermon, but I needed this sermon. I needed it to see it 
I needed to hear it, and then I needed God to show me how to do it, because I'm still growing, y'all. You're like, I'm finished. <laughs> okay, you be finished. Whatever you're not going to eat, we'll, the rest of us who are hungry for God to move in our lives will eat that, too. We're like a, a, a 15-year-old boy who just like eat good enough, we need more food. Once you're out of house and home. You ought to be that hungry, by the way, for God's word. You ought to be that hungry. Some of you, are I can tell by your faces, you're not sure what you've gotten yourself into. And I can't tell you, to be honest with you, that I'm the same man that I was six months ago. But I can tell you this right now. I'm more committed now than I've ever been to, to, to living my life, regardless of whether I, I, I pastored college ministry another day in my life. I am committed more right now in this moment to making sure that I press on towards the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus than I've ever been in my entire life. And I am telling you this right now, you will not waste your life if you will check in there. Don't, don't follow me. And you're like, oh, there's a nice college pastor and he's so funny. Ha ha, he wears weird shirts. Follow me this way. Follow me like the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. Follow me like I try to follow Christ. And when I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. But when I'm following Christ, right here, let's do it together. It's not a top down. We're, we're going to run with this together. Let's pray together. Father, we ask now, we ask in the beginning. We, we, we've asked that what we know not to teach us, what we have not to give us, and what we are not to make us. So now as we respond to you in worship, we ask that having heard your word, you've given us something more to know and have taught us. You have shown us what we are not and are giving us an opportunity to be that. And where we fall short, please make us more like Christ. It's in your son's name we pray.